our podcast about friends and how I met your mother. I'm David. I'm Natalie. How are you, Natalie? I'm doing okay. Doing okay. We're um, we're getting back to normal after a Comic Con extended weekend. Yeah, we had a fun time at Comic Con. Yeah, uh, it was very fun to be back. It was also very like weird. You didn't go into the convention center no. at all. You didn't have a pass. No, I had a pass, but I still spent less time in the convention center than I normally would because I was like paranoid about covid and i was also wearing like so with my usual like i generally wear as you know for the listener like the masks we get at costco you know because those are they're good enough and they cover both the yeah. top of my nose and the bottom of my chin which is yeah. all i wanted surgical um, regular yeah the surgical type yeah. masks and that's what i've been wearing um uh ever like post-vaccine kind of um yeah and i wear them so often that i've gotten to the point of like I can just live my life with one on and not even really think about it. Right. But for Comic-Con, your parents gave me some really high-end N95s yeah. that were, like, double-strapped. And they had, like, the uh, felt, like, for the nose. And the little, like, and, metal and, and, Yeah, and, and so they were, like, really high-quality ones that yeah. really, like, almost, like, suction-cupped onto your face. Which, yeah. like, was good because it made me feel safer while I was in the convention center. But yeah. also... I was always very cognizant of my mask when I was there and I was like, I can't breathe. I need to like yeah. step outside <laughs> Yeah, because I was like, again, like being, because I'm being very, you know, when I'm at work, cause I work two days a week and sometimes with my, my lunch, you know, I might take my mask off or whatever and just stay away from people. But at the convention center, even like, I didn't want to try and get six feet away. I like, if I was going to eat, I went outside. If I was going to have a drink of water, I went yeah. outside. Yeah. Which is, which is great. And I'm glad cause knock on wood, we don't not have we don't have it if we do have it, i feel like we went to the amazon prime uh paper girls party and there was like a photo booth that was indoors and we took our masks off for that and i feel like if i got covid just getting a fucking paper only, girls photo there was only like two other people <laughs> yeah yeah but we were room. less than six feet i don't know it was I'm, well ventilated and also yeah the doors were open that's true yeah um, but uh it was it's just with you know this new variant sub variant is is so contagious and it doesn't matter if you've had it recently anyway so i've been having this like debate in my head uh ever since but i'm you know this we so far we're symptom three symptom free knock on wood yeah and i had a good time i like i said didn't have a badge but i enjoyed the atmosphere of comic-con and the after parties which let's be honest that's what i'm there for yeah yeah we went to a few parties um Um, and then also san diego is beautiful and i was able to walk around and have a good time yeah, the weather's definitely better there than it is here in yeah. the San Fernando Valley, yeah. where it's always one million degrees. Yep. Well, um, this is a show where we talk about Friends and How I Met Your Mother. We do an episode of Friends, episode of How I Met Your Mother every week. This week we're on season three, episode 12. The um, <laughs> Friends episode is called... Uh, uh, why do I do this? I always think I'm going to remember. All the jealousy. The one, the one with, with all, all the, the jealousy. jealousy. I never would have got that. Uh, season 3 episode 12 of Friends is called The One With All The Jealousy Season, season 3 episode 12 of How I Met Your Mother is called No Tomorrow uh, But we're going to put a pin in No Tomorrow And we're going to start with season 3 episode 12 of Friends The One With All The Jealousy Although I wonder, do we want to We need to figure out Because you and I put out like calls to action You know, mm-hmm. every week We've had a, we got like a couple of Like Responses. Oh, okay. do we need to figure out a segment, like a time to do? Do we do that near the end? I think we do it near the end, right? What about up top, so people can? 
But I wonder, because that's also, is that, I've always, cause I've always wondered about it. That's what Tyler and I do on our podcast. If we get like a letter or yeah, something, from, we do it up top. top. Yeah. But I always wonder, is that a turnoff to new listeners who are like, oh, they're just like. No, it'll just encourage them to write in. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, let me tell you that. Next call to action. Should the. Yes. Let us know. Where should we do it? <laughs> yeah. For now, we're doing it up uh, uh, up top. Okay. Um, uh, Yuhani, who I know is also uh, a listener of um, Shout out. Battleship Attention, uh, he wrote in about, um, we said about what's your like shameful music mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you like. And I, I said Counting Crows. I said Sublime. Sublime is pretty, yeah, pretty bad. <laughs> um, uh, he said he has no shame about thinking Blink-182's Enemy of the State is a pop-punk masterpiece. Okay. I think Enemy of the State's good. Yeah. Uh, Blink-182, like... I love Cheshire Cat. Huge fan. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, wait, what was, was Cheshire Cat the first one? Yes. And then what's the one that has Damn It on it? I thought that was. Is that Cheshire Cat? Yeah, maybe. I thought, uh, I thought for some reason, I thought Enema of the State was the third album. Mm. Um, hold on. We're not going to, we're going to look this up. This is going to be fantastic. One eighty-two. What, what are you, what are you putting in? Discography. Yeah, that's what I put into. Um, Albums. Let's see. Hold on. Cheshire Cat. Dude Ranch is the Dude second Ranch. one. Dude yes. Ranch. Dude Ranch. That's yes. one that has damn it on it, right? I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, but Cheshire Cat was where you and I both would have first, I mean, we didn't know each other back then, would have first heard of of them and definitely the song Eminem, Self of Cheshire Cat, was mm-hmm. a, a. Carousel was a hit. Okay. Yeah, this was me, like, at the Warp Tour. Yeah. Yeah, Eminem's was on, a um, like, a punk compilation that I listened mm-hmm. to ad nauseum in my, in my car when I was, like, six, or other people's cars, and I probably wasn't even 16. But, yeah, that's, when I'm with you, there's nothing I wouldn't yeah. do. I just want to be, be your only one. one. Uh, I'm grasping Astra. Anyway, uh, so his actual shame, Yohani says, is something like Burzum, which I know you probably don't know who that is. Uh, but, Metal? yeah. Yes, and it's okay. like a, it's black metal made by a racist literal murderer, wow. and so he was like, "I despise his values and actions." Okay, uh, but the music's good. That's, a, that's I, an important I, caveat to make. Yeah, I know. I, I remember there was a. Um, you were listening to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I have before. Yeah. Um, so there was one I was listening to that. Um, Normally, Jesse Thorne, friend of Battleship Pretension, mm-hmm. is the, like, what do they call him? Like, the bailiff? bailiff? Not to play the play the bailiff or okay. whatever. Um, and I think Jesse wasn't on this episode, and they had a guest bailiff, and it was John Darnell of the Mountain Goats. Yeah. And because the reason he was the the on the episode was because the, the couple, it was a, a couple where the dude was super into black metal and she wasn't. And she was saying like, I want him to stop listening to her, like grow up. Yeah. And, um, John Daniel from the mountain goats that people don't know is like, just always has a great take and a super thoughtful guy. And he like, on the one hand made an argument cause he's a huge metalhead, made an argument for taking metal very seriously, but also made a very strong argument about why there's no good reason to listen to Burzum. <laughs> There's a, yeah. Like at a certain point, it stops mattering how good the music is when the guy is a Nazi who has literally murdered his former bandmate. Wow. Yeah. But you know, this is a safe space, so you know. Yeah. You can tell us; we won't judge you. They made. Um, I never saw it, but there's a, a a movie called Lords of Salem, which I heard was really bad. It's from the guy. Um, 
he directed i'm trying to think he's mostly known for music videos he did like the the smack my bitch up uh video you remember that mm-hmm. um I, i'm trying to remember what his name is um he did like some pa- Smashing Pumpkins videos. Anyway, he made a movie called Lords of Chaos that's kind of like slightly fictionized versions of this whole like okay. thing. Uh, the movie's supposed to be quite bad, but I've always wanted to see it because I'm interested by the. See now, now I'm wondering: Are we turning off listeners by introducing friends and how I met your mother, and then talking about fucking birth? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> this is what I was afraid of. Um, and then I, you can't read this email. No, because oh, ja- Jackson accidentally spoiled spoiled something, so I'll read around it. Okay. Um, he says, "Good to make your acquaintance." Uh, I don't know what to say except I relate to both sides of the show. Having watched Friends in college and How I Met Your Mother during my married years, uh, revisiting both these shows has been a very emotional experience for me. Not only because of what I love about them, but because of how much I'm willing to let go of. A lot of the problematic attitudes are things I'm trying to shake as I get older, but I still connect to the emotions presented in them. Uh, and then I'm skipping a paragraph, and he's but he basically where he basically says, "I like." all the characters but i'm not going to get into that and then he says and yet they all kind of suck um and he says we become uh, this is uh okay i I don't like reading stuff that's overly like praising because it feels like it's like i'm shining myself on or whatever you know of of this of this podcast yeah yeah it happens on battleship pretension sometimes too where someone gets really heartfelt and i'm like yeah he says y'all have become one of my favorite podcasts and i appreciate what y'all are doing we all need to deconstruct the stories we heard when we were younger until next time see you at the van smoot house (laughs) nice one jackson that's a great email thank you yeah thank you thank you jackson um all right i might have had a tweet too but i I need to learn to because you know i people tweet at me all the time no. Of course. So, uh, yeah, sometimes I, I, I get tweets and I'm, uh, I forget to, uh, um, to respond to them, but, um, <laughs> um, all right. So let's talk about season three, episode 12 of, uh, friends, the one with all the jealousy. We get a definite non perk opening mm-hmm. where, um, at Monica and Rachel's, right? Uh, and this is this kind of sets up like two of the main storylines here. Yeah. The main storyline is that like Rachel's got her first aid at her office, and Ross wants to like uh, come down and, and and take her to to lunch to to celebrate, but really just to get in between her and Mark. And and then uh, she's like, oh, actually, Mark is um um is taking me to to lunch. Uh, and, uh, of course this sets off Ross's douchebag meter. He clearly didn't like learn anything from what Monica yelled at him last week. Right. Um, he's like doubling down and yeah. he's, yeah, marking his territory as, as they say. Oh, uh, I, okay. I found the, the, the tweet. Steph says she likes train. Oh, okay. Is that meet Virginia? Is that what it's called? But did they do drops of Jupiter? Is that train? Oh, I get the two mixed up. Okay. Oh, and Andy says he also likes Blink-182. Nice. Um, There's no shame. No shame in that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. I knew I could find that. Uh, I just have to be better about that. Um, About saving these, you know? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, Steph already sent us a also sent us a, a tweet that someone just uh, highlighted a, a tweet that someone else said that Friends is the story about a woman named Janice who tries to live life in New York City and learns to grow as a person while six psychopaths are mean to her because of her voice. <laughs> totally. So that's a uh, didgeridoo guru is how that uh, is the the name of the person who tweeted that. Okay, 
That's absolutely accurate. Yeah. Okay, finally. We're back to this. Sorry, uh, we've been all scattershot. This is the definitely call to action. Where should we do this? Where mm-hmm. should we read listener uh, feedback? Because it feels like a weird way to start off the show. Okay, let's wait. Maybe you, you've convinced me. Okay. Um, all right. So, uh, and, and then we also, we're also setting up that Chandler is going to a bachelor party um, with... Uh, and, and he's invited Ross along, even though Ross doesn't really know the guy. I wanted to meet this botanist named Albert. They set it up as if we were going to meet him. But I think there's this episode does a couple things where they set up something very sitcom And then we yes. just mostly see the results, which I think I like better, um, which we'll get. But we'll get to that in a, in a, in a minute. Um then, so so we go across the hall. Ross is complaining to Chandler. Like, well, what am I going to do about Mark? Um, and Joey's not really paying attention because uh, he's on the phone. He's got an audition. Uh, <laughs> there's a funny bit where, or, or a funny gag where, where Ross is like, uh, and he's really handsome too. And Joey, not knowing what's going on, gives him like a thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's got an audition. Um, uh, and... Um, uh, next, Ross calls Rachel and Mark answers the phone, right, at her desk, because they share, that, or they, they have desks that are up against one another, you know, like yeah. newsroom uh, bullpen yeah. style, because yeah. uh, they're co-assistants to, and I've forgotten her name. Um, um, Joanna. I was going to say Julia, Joanna. Uh, you know, I was thinking Julia because of Julio. Right. Now, uh, uh, Monica's story, which, again, she's still working at the Moondance Diner. We get the establishing shot of the Moondance Diner, um, which I, I have to imagine that, uh, obviously, I'm not a lifelong Friends fan. Right. And I'm also not, like, a New York New Yorker or New York musical theater person. Right. So when I see the Moondance Diner, I think of Tick, Tick, Boom from yeah. last year. Yeah. But I have to imagine there were scads of people who saw Tick, Tick, Boom last year and went, oh, hey, that's where Monica worked. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm definitely probably in the minority there. But uh, she's got a, a crush on a new, is he a waiter? Is he a busboy? Um, yeah, I think he's a busboy. Uh, named Julio, played by an actor named Carlos Gomez, who you probably reckon, whom you probably recognize from everything. From... An episode or two of everything. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, he didn't look familiar to me. Oh, okay. I, I, he definitely looked familiar to me, and I looked him up, and, and I couldn't, like, pinpoint one thing. He's like an episode of The West Wing here, and an episode of, I don't know. Um, he did, like, five episodes of a show called Gangland that no one but me, and uh, shout out to <laughs> friend of the show Aaron Newworth, like, the only ones who watched that show. Uh, it wasn't very good, but they shot, like, on location all over Los Angeles, which is, like, I'm such a sucker for. Yeah. Like, I've been meaning to watch Bosch. Right. Because everyone says, like, I don't really care about Bosch, right. you know? It feels like, I know I'm, like, pretty much dad-aged. Tyler and I had this conversation. Like, I'm old enough to be a dad, yeah. but I don't think I have dad tastes yet. You have dad... Uh, sense like, of humor. Yeah, sense yeah. of humor. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I told you my favorite new, jet, new dad joke the other day, right? Yeah, I don't what, remember it. Um, what do you call a fish with a thousand eyes? A fish. A fish. And then you just keep going until the person laughs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which could be a long time. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, so she's uh, uh, got the hots for um, this busboy. Turns out he's an aspiring poet. They they make out in the Moondance Diner. Fade to whatever. You know, who knows, we, who knows how far it went. It went pretty far. Um, then we get to uh, Joey's audition, which we found. So I should have mentioned... 
uh, and I was kind of saving it because it'll come with my funniest moments. But the audition is for uh, a Tale of Two Cities yeah. the musical, yeah. um, and he doesn't like doesn't know who Charles Dickens is. But that's that's not important. What's important is that clearly he learned a little bit about who who Charles Dickens is because he auditions with Fagin's song "You've Got to Pick a Pocket or Two from Oliver, which yeah. is obviously based on yeah. Charles Dickens' uh, Oliver Twist, um, which is great. I love Oliver um, the the music. Sorry, I should say Oliver. With an exclamation point yeah. is the musical. I love that. Uh, I love you've got to pick a, pick a pocket or or or, or two. But I go oh, ahead. I was gonna say I like um, how he like pulled something out of the um, pianist's pocket. <laughs> like a little like yeah. handkerchief. Yeah. I remember because I used to. I was a big like theater tech kid in high school, and for local community college, community college, community theater as well. I remember one time at a community theater performance. Of Oliver, uh, I was standing off stage, and this guy, um, who was—I almost called him a real pro. He's literally, technically, literally not a pro. He's doing community theater, but he was a very, very good. And the guy who was playing Fagin, and he was doing—you've got to pick a pocket or two. Um, or no, actually, I think he might have been doing. I think I better think it out again. But anyway, it's the guy who plays Fagin, and he's doing this thing they had built. For the rooftop, this set that was like a fire, like an old timey, like fire escape, like spiral stairs going up the side of a building, okay. and they were actually metal. Oh wow! And he mid song slipped and whacked his shin into this thing, and like didn't miss a beat. Finished the song, then stepped when his number was over. He exited stage right. Uh, to where I was, lifted up his leg, and he had, like, gashed his shin open. He was, like, bleeding into his sock for the second half of the song and just kept going. He just kept going. Yeah. That's a pro. Yeah, except not literally. But, yeah, he was yeah. great. Um, pro move. Yeah. Uh, the director of the play is played by Oba Babatunde, um, who's been in, again, a million things, mm -hmm. but you and I know him probably most recently as the dean from the TV version of Dear White People. Right. Okay. Um, which... <laughs> Speaking of musicals, you did not watch the final season of Dear White People. I you watched the first episode of the final season of Dear White People, and you and were I like, said, you, get, you get to finish this on your own. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the fourth and final season of Dear White People was a musical, um, and it was all a 90s like jukebox musical. Yeah. Um, I thought I'd give it a try, and then I just couldn't. Yeah, I think if you had stuck with it, you would have gotten into it. It wasn't great. I mean, that show, that show was never great. Yeah. The third and fourth seasons are definitely a dip in quality, yeah. but I'm glad I saw it through. Uh, and I like yeah. Ova Babatunde. I don't have, yeah, he's great. Um, I don't have any regrets um, about not watching it, but I support, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's okay to have shows that we watch separately. And we have some that we watch together, many yeah. we watch together. And then many, I have many TV shows I watch alone. Yeah, and I feel like you, the TV shows you watch alone are either like, because you know I'm not going to want to watch them, The Grill Housewives. Yeah. Or you don't want to wait around for me and you just watch The Bear without me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to watch The Bear on my own, I guess. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> do, you, do you remember what happened with Outlander? Um, I had watched season one of Outlander on my own. Yeah. And then you watched season one of Outlander, and I was like, and this was like mid, or this is like early pandemic. Yeah. You were watching season one of Outlander, and I was like, oh, that's fun. Once you catch up, we can watch the rest together. And you were like, no. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, Look. This is clearly one of your afternoon shows. I like, I feel like you have the way you have certain sodas that you drink in the day and certain sodas you drink in the evening. Right. I feel like you have too... daytime TV shows. And, and you were like, no, I watch Outlander on my lunch break, which is without 
David. Yeah. I'm not going to so switch Outlander to that being a nighttime like show. The escape that I needed during a difficult time. Until my... you found out how <laughs> rapey that show yeah, is. Yeah. There was a threshold in it. Yeah. I, I couldn't. I couldn't handle the rapiness of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. One day it's Katrina Belf singing the Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy of Company B. And then next day, it's Sam whatever yeah. getting getting raped. Uh, all right, so um, Joey's stressing out because there's a dance element to the uh, part, and he tries to show... He lied on his resume. Yeah, he, he lied and said he had a great yeah. uh, dance background. He tries to show um, Chandler and Phoebe. Phoebe's very much around just helping out this episode. Uh, tries to show Chandler and, and, and Phoebe... Um, his dance moves and they're pretty bad. Not Elaine bad, but pretty bad. But this was like a true, like they steal a lot from Seinfeld. Yeah. But yeah. this was like a true Elaine snatch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of his dance. Like even the dance move itself, it was kind of like awkwardly Elaine. Yeah. And then, and especially I think what really made me feel like Seinfeld was less the dance and more the way people reacted to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. You can't do that. <laughs> Um, and that was definitely better than the other thing that was going on in the in that in that scene, which is Chandler trying to hire over the phone, trying to hire a stripper for yeah. the bachelor party, and yeah. it's like just very bad, like stripper jokes, mm-hmm. you know, about like you grapes, yeah. like, and then like he says something about like the stripper's name is Crystal Chandelier, and Joey's like, well, sure, if you name a kid that, like, right. that's that must have been that had to have been corny at the time, yeah. right? That doesn't seem like a good joke. Yeah. Um, then Monica comes over just to gush about her great night with with Julio. With Julio, um, it was so great that um, he wrote her a poem. Um, well, which, in the middle, of, he stops in the middle of sex yeah, to write a poem. To jot down Joey a poem. says, um, "I couldn't wait." What did he say? Something like I couldn't stop. I was struck by lightning or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but. Uh, Phoebe, once Monica leaves, Phoebe, like, is like, you guys, this poem is very clearly, like, insulting of, 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 of Phoebe. Um, Of Monica. Of Monica is what I had to say. Like, calling her an empty vase. Yeah. Yeah. An empty vessel. Yeah. She's rapid and empty. Yeah. Just beautiful on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. I remember there's, um, uh, now I'm drawing a blank on what the early Talking Heads song is. But um, there's a Talking Heads song that David Byrne and Chris Weymouth wrote together. And one of the lyrics is, like, about your glassy eyes and your open mouth. And the time, like, uh, wait, did I say Chris Weymouth? Chris France and then Tina Weymouth is the bass player. Right. They were dating. And, like, when she she said that when she first heard the lyrics, she was like, that better not be about me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, um, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we're back at Rachel's office and Ross is just, like, Spending thousands of dollars sending her mm-hmm. um, um, flowers and chocolates and, and like a giant card and a, giant a, card. a, a stuffed ladybug because it's a love bug. It's a musical love it, bug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminded me of uh, what was her name on Superstore who uh, was pretending that the regional manager was her boyfriend and kept sending herself stuff. Oh my gosh. Oh, was uh, it Sandra? Was Sandra, that the character's name? Yeah. yeah, one of the best characters on that show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, and so it's very embarrassing for Rachel and, and we get a, a short scene back at uh, Rachel's place where she's like kind of yelling at Ross like you can't was this after the barbershop quartet um, 
Yeah, that was one of the things that I think set her off. That was like, yeah, yeah the straw. And so there's, yeah, there's a, I, I just, I made notice, note, because there's a little scene of Ra- Rachel being mad at Ross that like, doesn't really have jokes in it. I mean, you know, it's mm-hmm. friends that has some stuff, mm-hmm. but it's not really like, it's not like a setup and punchline in the scene. It's like, right. this is a, a character scene of, right. of Ross telling, of Rachel telling Ross, uh, uh, she's got to, she better, sh- he better shape up or ship out. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and she then, tells him, like, you're marking your territory. Like, you can't just, like, yeah. pee all over my office. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's the joke in the yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah, but I'm assuming it's... Oh, okay. It oh, it's not? Mine. Oh, okay, it wasn't mine either. And he's <laughs> like, but he says, like, Rachel... I would never do that. I would never do that. <laughs> uh, so then Ross is, like, feeling bad about himself. What the fuck else is new? Uh, at at the perk, and, and Joey and Chandler are, are telling him, like, you're fucking up, buddy. Like, you're, you're, you're making Mark look like... A great guy, yeah. Um, which is probably true, um, but uh, still, he shouldn't be. Like we said last week, and my, like Monica said to him last week, if he believes in his relationship with Rachel, he shouldn't be worried. Right, and if you're with someone who you love, you should trust them. Yeah, or your yeah. relationship is. Yeah. Um. And that's scary, but that's what you risk. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, so then Ross tries to show up at Rachel's work and ends up making it even worse because he overhears Mark canoodling with his partner. Yeah, who he actually is like seeing someone who works mm-hmm. there and thinks it's Rachel and like causes a whole scene. Yeah. Um it's uh it's embarrassing. It's humiliating for Rachel. Yeah. And she just started. She yeah. just started this job. Yeah. Yeah, she's been there a little over a week. Um uh but then for a relief from that, we get <laughs> Joey at the dance audition, and it turns out the dance instructor isn't going to show up. Um, uh, and I thought it weird, like, um, uh, what's his name? The director, he says something about, like, the, um, the dance instructor is having is in the middle of an argument with his and he used the word like significant other or something like it felt like they wanted to say like they wanted to make a okay gay joke? he's probably no i don't i that's what i don't i don't think it was if they wanted to make a joke it would have been a joke i feel like this is them. this is like them like them acknowledging like yeah broadway dance instructor good chance it's a gay guy um but then like, like maybe nbc not wanting them to like i don't know it felt like they were Dancing around dancing <laughs> the around, issue, yeah. Um, it just stuck out to me. But um, anyway, he's not showing up, and Oba Babatunde's got to take off. So he's like, "Joey, you have the most experience." Yeah, and he um, shows him the dance, which mm-hmm. is great. Yeah, he's so great, and he ends with the jazz hands. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, "Okay, I got to take off." And so that, like, I loved him dance. I loved Oba Babatunde dancing. Uh, at first, I was like. Oh, this is going to be like cringy sitcomy stuff. Yeah. Joey teaching the dance, but this is the other thing I was talking about that they kind of just skipped over. Mm-hmm. They just got to the good stuff when we come back. Yeah. Um, uh, Monica, meanwhile, so we we come back, we cut away from that. Monica um, thinks it's going well with Julio and thinks she's like, I'm going to buy him this vase, like the empty vase in the mm-hmm. poem. And Phoebe's like, No, girl, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and like sets her straight, and then Monica. Confronts Julio, and it turns out uh, the poem wasn't about her. It was about all American women. Yeah. <laughs> They're all empty vases. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, so obviously that doesn't doesn't go too well. But I like that we get that scene because we we don't get Joey teaching the dance. No. We just get to see the great payoff, yeah. which is the dancers basically doing all these trained dancers, dancers doing essentially the dance we saw Joey do when he was showing yeah. Joey or Chandler and Phoebe how he danced. Yeah, it, it was really good, but still ending with jazz hands. The funny it part of that funny. is like, we have to assume they were just, they just like yielded to him without any questions. Like, yeah. are you sure this didn't seem like the dance we would be doing? See, and I love Holy. that we didn't see yeah. all that. Yeah. We just get to the payoff. Yeah. Like, that's a, That was a great choice. And then Joey like makes a joke about them. Like, well, I tried to, but look what I have to work with. Like, yeah. They're yeah. all great dancers. Yeah. Um, so at the end, we're at the, uh, at the, uh, then that scene ends with Joey just literally running out of the room, yeah. which is the only way it could have ended. And I, I liked it. Um, we, so we end back at the perk, uh, or at least before we get to the tag at the end, we get to the, back to the perk. Um, it's the morning after the bachelor party. Chandler, I guess this bachelor party, it sounds pretty lame. You got a lame stripper mm-hmm. and then apparently they gave out, gave out party favors. <laughs> Because Joey's like, look at this pen I got at the bachelor party. And it's yeah. like a pen that, like, you click the thing and the girl's, like, clothes fall off. I or got whatever. a, my sister had, like, a, like, lame, like, cliche bachelorette party with, like, penis, like, but, hats and yeah. crowns. And we. I feel like this is me being very, like, gendered and binary, but, yeah. like, coming away with little gifts is more common at a bachelorette party bachelor like a bachelor party you don't make everybody like a little bag and like say here's your little maybe like, you ought to <laughs> maybe if you're a dork you make like a t-shirt for the weekend mm-hmm. like so-and-so's bachelor party weekend even that's dorky i don't but... know a naked lady pen i think that would be good on at any party okay all right you know what next party you and i have everybody's getting a naked lady pen yeah listeners call to action <laughs> <laughs> yeah send us links to where to buy the best naked lady pens no i was gonna say what's the uh worst bachelor or bachelorette party or non-binary celebration okay uh and what party favors have you gotten from bachelor or bachelorette parties yeah. that's what party i want to favors, know yeah or nay yeah yeah there's our call our, our call to action um so ross apologizes and then we get like a little like i guess a funny bit where it turns out that the stripper from the night before has a son ben's age and they set up a play date and now rachel's the one who's jealous because yeah. ross is going to be hanging out um it was a fun little turnaround but um what? i go ahead uh no, no no finish your thought i just i don't love because i feel like the show did a good job over the past two episodes of illustrating that ross's behavior was like bad and wrong and to so to suddenly turn around and have Rachel do the same thing, yeah. it's like, oh, I guess everyone is, you know? Yeah. I was thinking about um, the song No Scrubs by TLC. Yeah. And there was a group called Sporty Thieves who of dudes who made a song called No Pigeons that was like a... Response? A response song. And like, A... If you hear the song No Scrubs and you think, I need to mount a defense to that, like, what a self-own. Like, you're a scrub. Yeah. <laughs> it's just admitting you're a scrub, yeah. um, you loser. Yeah. Uh, but on top of that, there was a thing, like, at the time, I, I don't remember this because I was only listening to punk rock at the time, uh, but I was reading about it at the time, there were, like, radio stations would play the two songs back to back. And it's like, these are not on equal footing. No. <laughs> no. You know, this is like, No Scrubs is good. Yeah. No Pigeons is 
an embarrassing pathetic. novelty. Yeah. yeah, pathetic novelty song. Yeah. Don't act like, oh, which side are you on? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Anyway, and like, that's kind of how I feel about like, oh, you know, the, uh, the, the shoes on the other foot, yeah. you know, what's the good for the goose the is good for the, flat. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't like that even though, um, Jennifer Aniston is very funny in the scene with the, oh, like, she's funny with her sweet and low packet. Yeah. She's like getting out her aggression on, yeah. like, on the, sh- on the sweet and low packet. That's, that's great. Yeah. Um, in the actual end, we're back at the Boondance Diner and the <laughs> same singing telegram uh, barbershop quartet uh, from th- that Ross sent um, to sing to Rachel on her one-week work anniversary yeah. have been hired by Monica to sing a song making fun of Julio for being a loser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll have more questions about later, the, that later when we get to Funniest Moments. Okay. Do you have any other stray observations before we get to Funniest Moments? Um... I just wanted to say, like, so Julio is obviously, like, a creep, and we hate him. I think the most, even more, like, repulsive than his behaviors are his, like, he, like, so he's cleaning up the diner, like, with a dirty rag. Like, he's cleaning up the tables, and then touches Monica's face. (laughs) Like, literally, he touches her mouth with his dirty hands. They're not gloves. He just had, like, a dirty-ass kitchen towel. And he touches her face. I couldn't get past that. Yeah, it's pretty and gross. And that to me was just worse than anything I've ever seen. <laughs> worst thing you've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, like, um, yeah, it's happened before uh, on, on this show, like, especially people like touching the bottom of the people's shoes Ugh. or, or yeah. Chandler putting his shoes right on Monica and Rachel's, like, chair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're um, disgusting people yeah should we move on to funniest moments yes um all right i'm gonna go um chronologically i'll go uh there's um a whole thing about like joey has no idea who charles dickens is or who would tell two cities he's like tell <laughs> right. two cities he's like what right. is charles dickens what and then chandler's like i'll get you the cliff notes and joey goes the what he yeah. doesn't even know what cliff notes are i yeah. love that but then he said, oh, it's a it's an abridgment. And that further <laughs> confuses him. Well, because at first he pretends that he understands yeah. that and then says to and Ross, to Ross like, I don't know what that what is. Yeah. Um, this was just like a little funny thing when um, when Monica is at the diner with Julio and um, he's talking about what he, he was reading, like Baudelaire. Yeah. And um, he's like, have you read it? She's like, have I read it? No, are you enjoying it? <laughs> like she was gonna try to like lie about it and then catches herself. Yeah, it's cute. Oh, there's a actually a um, there's a very funny. Um, oh my, my notes got all messed up. Oh my notes got all messed up. Oh no. Oh no. Okay. Um, I'm not sure how to tease this. I should save it for there's. One of my favorite jokes that we haven't gotten to yet on How I Met Your Mother has to do with a dude being a fan of a poet and briefly thinking that the girl he's seeing has also read that poet, and then it turns out she hasn't. Okay. So that'll 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 come okay. up uh, another time. Okay. Oh, okay, fixed it. All right. Um, next up for me in terms of this funniest moments, I'm going to take uh, this is a twofer, but just the the barbershop quartet. Yes, I have gen- that too. Like because. Mm. I feel like in real life, if you hire a singing telegram, yeah. you pick from like existing right. songs, right? 
These are like, originals. Did Ross write the specific lyrics yeah. about him being Rachel's one and only boyfriend? It's nice to have a boyfriend. Yeah, that baritone, <laughs> it's nice to have a boyfriend, who also does the... No one likes a butt munch. Yeah. Yeah. So again, did Monica write the lyrics specifically yes. about Julio? Yes. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So yeah, both of those. Yeah. Do you I have know. any more? Um, when uh, Ross is complaining to his friends about what an idiot he is, um, Chandler, like he's like, I don't know what Ross is like. I don't know what to do about Rachel. And then Chandler says, well, why don't you send her a musical bug? Oh, wait. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, my only other one we already mentioned, but just seeing that all the dancers do Joey's dance yeah. was hilarious. Yeah. Very funny. Uh, all right, well, let's move on to Friends But Make It Fashion. I've got a few this okay. time. Um, I'll start with my favorite look. Uh, Monica's um, morning after her date with Julio, like, snowflake turtleneck. It was super cool. Oh, okay. It was like oh, a yeah, yeah, yeah. stone-colored type of turtleneck, but it had like a row yeah. of snowflakes right across the chest. Yeah, it was I very like cool. That too. Very cool. She had some like blue pants with it. Okay. Um, I liked the. Well, this is a props to the props department and a fashion. Um, uh, was when um, when Phoebe brings all the purses. <laughs> yeah. Because um, Rachel's trying to figure yeah. out what purse to go for her first day at work. And um, there was a turtle purse. There <laughs> yeah. was a purse with like four turtles, like applied, like applique yeah. on the purse. Yeah. yeah. Um, I liked in that same scene, Phoebe, I don't know if I liked it so much, but I, I noticed Phoebe's wearing a sweater that has just a white cross, mm-hmm. right? Mm hmm. Rachel used to have, we've seen it multiple yeah. times, the long sleeve t shirt with the white, white cross. Is yeah. this like some brand maybe it was like of the time yeah or, yeah maybe i don't know yeah um there were a lot of colorful ties gunther had a colorful tie um ross obviously had the dinosaur tie at the beginning at the beginning but then also when he shows up this will kind of like lead into my next one when he shows up um at rachel's work sometimes i just put things down that are like notable, notable less yeah. than i like them when he shows up at rachel's work he's wearing like a I would say a very severe looking, like very dark three piece suit, but then with a like a bright orange tie. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. a, a weird, a weird look. Yeah, and like it looked like he's you know going to like a like a mafia making ceremony. <laughs> like he's get, yeah. the books are getting opened up and he's yeah. uh, getting straightened out. Uh, except he had a crazy bright orange tie. Yeah. Um, I only had one more, just more notable than okay. anything. But I mean, Rachel's opening look: towel and shoes. <laughs> It's yeah. a good look. It's a good look. Um, also, you're not allowed to talk about it, but Rachel's nipples were greeting the day at the park. Especially when she's like, it's funny when she's like mad at Ross and it's mm-hmm. an emotional scene. Yeah. And I wonder if someone's like. Distracting. Do you think there was someone who was like, oh, people might get bored. This is too emotional a scene, too serious of a scene. Let's crank <laughs> up the AC. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Um. What's under the umbrella in this episode? Okay, uh, Joey being a doofus. <laughs> uh, Gunther pining after Rachel. Yes, when he yeah. says like, "Let it." Like Ross is like, "I'm just afraid someone's gonna like snatch you up." And Gunther in the background, "Let it be me. Yeah. Let it be me." <laughs> uh, anything else? 
Um, obviously, like, there's, um, like, some, like, slut-shamey talk about the, the stripper. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. Did the, like... I, I feel like it's a thin line between the show... Like, if we think about that, the episode of How I Met Your Mother where... Yeah. Where Ted thinks he's on a date with an escort. Right. Like, that's clearly the, the show being sexist right yeah yeah. here i don't know if the show was slut shamey or if like rachel just has this hang up right because she was the only one who was really judging i mean phoebe judged that just that it was hacky and that you should get a magician instead right um uh but yeah it was probably more about i feel like it was more rachel than the show but in also, that case like chandler in saying like oh you're turning him on and then send him off to a stripper as if like this like sexually promiscuous person right. is going to like automatically, yeah, you know, yeah, that's true. I didn't think about it that way. I just thought about sending off to someone who's probably hot. Yeah, yeah, but you're so, right. So that's probably, subtle. Yeah, but you're right. You're right. That's yeah. that's a true. That's a that's a good point. Uh, should we take a quick break? Uh, yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, we're back, and we're ready to talk season three, episode twelve, of How I Met Your Mother. It's called No Tomorrow. Now they take us take us away. Okay, take us so, away. Take it away. Take us away. Um, so this episode is uh, St. Patrick's Day. So um, I wanted to address this. Yeah. Because last week we were like, we're will the next episode yeah, be Christmas. a Christmas? Not only is it not Christmas, they, they took jumped, a three month break. They jumped an entire yeah, season. and it's. Worth mentioning, and we'll get to it when we get to uh, how were we doing, but this episode did air on St. Patrick's Day, okay, uh, 2008. So we get a little medley of, like, um, cel- like St. Patrick's Day celebrations through the ages. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's explaining to his kids that this is a significant day, um, March 17th, 2008, um, significant in... Uh, how they how he met their mother yeah she's uh, she is involved with this but I wanted to take a moment and talk about St. Patrick's Day because you and I live in Los Angeles where St. Patrick's Day is not a big deal it's a rookie move to go out on St. Patrick's Day <laughs> I mean there is like there are certain bars Tom Bergen's is a big one mm-hmm. Tam O'Shanter which is more of a Scottish bar but I guess they'll take it yeah. um, Ireland's 32 in the valley there are there are bars that do St. Patrick's Day celebrations, mm-hmm. but it is not having lived in Chicago and even having lived in St. Louis. Um, it's it's almost I mean, I'm used to it now because I've been out here 17 years, but it was strange to me how much of a non-event St. Patrick's Day is in Los Angeles. Um, you and I, though, have had some very memorable St. Patrick's Days. My um, um, my sister got married right after St. Patrick's Day in 2011, I want to say, mm-hmm. uh, 20. Yeah, 2011, I think. Um, and do you remember we went to the St. Louis St. Patrick's Day mm-hmm. party, which is like uh, a ton of fun because St. Louis tends to be very lax with their drinking laws. So there's just like a whole like 
neighborhood that they just shut off the streets and everyone like the bars are open but also you could just like bring a cooler beer and sit in the street and drink like no one cares uh it turns into a big party that's fun and then do you remember the year we went to saint patrick's day in mexico we were in merida mexico uh which has a lot of american and canadian expats living in in merida um which is it's near uh, kind of like near tulum and cancun and stuff like that Mm -hmm. people i know i know you know i'm saying to the listener um and so we actually found an Irish pub. Like pretty close to our Airbnb. Yeah. It was like in yeah. walking distance. Pretty close walk. And it was like crazy hot, like hot. Yeah. And yeah. it was like the air conditioning was cranked. And the only, the only Mexican people inside were the employees. Yeah. And it was just all like, and we were probably the youngest people there by 30 oh, years. Yeah, but that was a kind of a fun St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I wanted to reminisce. Um, no, that's okay. Reminis- tell us your memorable St. Patrick's days. Yeah. Listeners. Yeah. Um, so, uh, obviously Barney, um, wants to use this as an excuse to like party and meet drunk women. Girl. Yeah. Meet yeah. drunk women. Um, he has this green suit. We'll talk about it later. I'm sure. Yeah. More of a deep teal. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, kiss the Barney stone. It's good. And they all like make fun of him and call him like the Riddler or a pool table. <laughs> yeah, pool they table have, like, tons or of like um what was it like an NBA player who like just signed a contract or something. Yeah. Uh yeah. So Barney's all excited and wants to get Ted to go and party with him and Lily and Marshall, it's it's board game night, so they're gonna lay low and um have like their pathetic evening like a second later barney calls from a cab he's already like partying like with two women uh-huh. one can be for ted he hasn't decided which one yeah. wants to be for ted which gross it's, um, it's gross but i like neil patrick harris is funny with yeah. it yeah because he's like he's like oh but ted's a great guy you're yeah. y- you're gonna forth. love him yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he decides which one the other one is ted's um but ted is like I don't I don't know I'm like kind of in for the night and then um he looks at um Lily or yeah Lily and Marsha who are like does my hand smell funny like they're just like being like gross lame couple yeah and um then he decides to go out and they're in this line for a club and yeah um they're trying to skip the line and the security guard is going to be, he's going to let them in, but only Barney and Ted, because there's so many women already in there uh-huh. that they don't, they need some men to go in. Yeah. And they're all like hotter or as hot as their dates. Yeah. And they're drunk. And they're drunk. Yeah. yeah. So Ted and Barney are like, oh, we got to get in. Let's abandon our dates and let's yeah. go in. Um, there was like a joke about it looking like a lesbian bar. Because there were so many, like... Because there, were there weren't enough men. Women, yeah. But yeah, I, I think that... But anyway, you were going to say, you're going to get to this. Um, no, go ahead. Just, it, it's like, the point is, of the episode, is that this never happens. Right. We're yeah. going to get there. Yeah, eventually. I figured you were. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Lily and Marshall are going to their new home with Robin. In Doa Satripla. In Doa Satripla. <laughs> and, like christen it they have champagne i do love that it's funny that like 
they're having a lame adult board game night, but their idea of a board game is Hungry Hungry yeah, Hippos. Yeah. yeah, it's not that's not a board game. Um, it's not and Settlers it of Catan. Have a board. I guess it does. I guess it has a flat part. It has right? like a plane. I don't know. I haven't played it since I was a kid. That game is so loud. I'm sure. Yeah. It's very very loud. Um, but um, Lily is all excited about like possibly. Um, having stuff left over from the old owners. So she's like running through the rooms like, oh, I wonder if they left anything. And Marshall and Robin recognize, realize that the house is crooked. The apartment, the, the floor the is, floor is crooked. drastically uneven. So it's like a sideways, which I don't know if you know, because I watching this, having already seen the episode mm-hmm. noticed you can actually tell right away because you can see a view of the bridge out their window yeah. and the bridge is yeah. not straight. It's, yeah. So you I can see it immediately. That was a, that was yeah. a choice. Um, and in some scenes when they were all together, like the angle of the camera was crooked. I love that they did that. that mm-hmm. for, like once Robin and Marshall realize what's happening from that point on every shot, the camera is tilted. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Great um, choice. So yeah, it reminded me of like, have you been to one of the, like, mystery spot in Santa Cruz? Have you heard of these, like, anomaly houses where, no. like, gravity doesn't? Hmm. No. I, I'm not going to describe it, but um, we'll, we'll look it up later. Okay. I'll show you I, the mystery spot. Um, I like weird California stuff. I don't think it's just in, well, whatever. But I do like anything that's weird California. Yeah. Um, so then we catch up oh there's some funny jokes about it being like so marshall is like robin just like don't tell lily she's so happy like yeah. we'll figure it out later and robin makes some funny jokes like well i'll say that for later um okay okay um i wanted to point out here that while they're having the whole conversation about the floor being tilted lily's thing is she's like i'm gonna go look to the apartment and see if the old owners left any stuff behind yeah. as if that's a good thing. Yeah. You and I know oh, as God. somewhat recent home- homeowners um, that uh, they left way too much stuff so behind much and stuff. almost none of it. I mean, technically this table we're using, they left, but this yeah. table is going to the trash this week. We have a new table yeah. literally came in the mail today, Yeah. Uh, but they left. It was so such a pain in the ass. It, was, it took an entire day to, we have a crawl space. <laughs> yeah. And, and we had to it cr- was full of just junk and like lumber and baby shit and like child's, like all kinds of stuff yeah. in that thing. But in their defense, I said, when we like talked to them, just leave, I would, I said, just leave whatever you don't want, thinking, oh, like, little furniture odds and ends. Yeah, and maybe said, we'll want this plant stand or something. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my fault. I should have said, we don't want anything. Take yeah. it all out. Yeah, because who knew they were going to leave a Literally, day's worth of stuff? Like, yeah. it took so long. Yeah, yeah. it was bad. Um, so we're back at this club with Barney and Ted, and it's um, it's just a sea of beautiful women uh ted meets um do you know vanessa lachey no i looked her up because she looked kind of familiar but i couldn't yeah figure well out she uh i think her name prior to marrying nick lachey was she was already like a vj like an mtv vj oh, okay and then she so hosts uh, manillo was manillo. her old name i'm looking it up now. she hosts love is blind with nick lachey oh okay and she does like some like fitness stuff she's real cute um okay but 
Ted and Barney realize that it's like some weird, uh, like, uh, like planetary crap is what what <laughs> Ted calls it. But it's like a wormhole where there's no tomorrow and there's no repercussions for their actions somehow. Quite the opposite. They seem to keep getting rewarded for being bad people. Exactly. Which so, is how the word world actually works, by the way. True. True. <laughs> Oof. Um, so they order champagne on someone else's tab. Uh, Ted says to Ashley with two E's, like, I, I just want to have sex tonight and I don't want right. to even like right. be around tomorrow. And she said, that's great. I love that. Although, like, I'm married. So, I mean, Ted has, like, some sort of consciousness when he says, like, oh, I can't do it. I can't yeah. let her cheat on her husband. Of course, Barney has some lame rule about cheating. Yeah, we'll get to that in the <laughs> later uh, later segment. Two adjacent vowels. Oh, not that. Yeah, that oh, was okay. funny. Like, it doesn't count. Like, yeah. it's not cheating if, A, you're not the one who's married. B, her name has two, two consecutive yeah. vowels in it or whatever. Um, yeah, which I'm trying to think. There's got to be some perfectly nice names that have two. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some. But, yeah, I'm sure that there are a lot. Yeah. Um. And then Barney says something super gross about, like, about Ashley. Like, oh, he can't be a great husband if he lets her out. Yes, very gross. On yeah. St. Patrick's Day by herself. Yeah, very gross. Um, um, but he has a great bit in there about uh, area codes that I had to, like, look up. Because I don't know oh, New okay. York area codes. Yeah, yeah. You know? And he's, like, she's clearly 516, which apparently is, like, Long Island. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he says she might act like she's 718 or 212. So 212 is Manhattan and 718 is like other boroughs, I guess. And then he throws his, her husband's clearly 307. And Ted's like, what? And he's like, that's Wyoming. <laughs> um, but it, it reminded me of that great bit, because I'm always going to bring stuff back to Los Angeles. The great thing in Swingers, when he um, uh, gets Heather Graham's number, right? Mm-hmm. And Vince Vaughn is like, is it... Um, uh, what does he say? Is it is it is it two one three or is it is it eight one eight? And and he goes three one zero, and they're like, oh, <laughs> which is yeah. I definitely when I was in high school, I didn't get that joke, but yeah. now I find that very funny. I should watch that movie again. Do you think I should? I would like to watch it again because I have very fond memories of it. Yeah, but I also probably there's probably stuff that has not yeah. aged well at all. Yeah. But I think it's awareness that guys like Barney are pathetic. Yeah. I think that's where the movie ends up. Yeah. I'll probably get sad about um, uh, Marty and Elaine. Marty and Elaine. Yeah, Yeah. the Derby is long gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, uh, let's see. Back at the new home, the Crooked crooked House, um, they they finally tell... Lily that the house is crooked and Lily's first upset but then they make a luge out of a skateboard that they found <laughs> from the previous owner and then the salad spinner as a helmet yeah so yeah. they do roller luge and they end up having like a great fun time yeah um and then at the at the club uh Ted gets punched in the face by the the dude Rick Garrido, who he's been like charging champagne oh, yeah. to, who's tabby hijacked. Yeah, yeah. Um, and at this point we learn. Oh, 
so the next morning, I guess, uh, Ted is having breakfast with Marshall and saying like, oh, it turned out that it wasn't what we thought, you know, like you can't just do bad things and expect them to work out. And Marshall's like, yeah, you should have heard the messages you were leaving on the answering machine. So what we learned that actually happened was like Ted was sloppy from the get go. Yeah, we, we forgot to set up that they set up at the beginning of the episode that Ted keeps accidentally butt dialing people. I forgot about that. Yes. They said that right I at the beginning. I failed to mention that, yeah. Um, well, we both did. Yeah. Um, and so we'd find out that all the things that we saw, yes. Marshall got little snippets of, audio-only snippets of. Yes, of the butt dial and what actually happened. Yeah. He was sloppy. Um, he got punched in the face. Um, none of None of that happened. I, I love this. I mean, it all happened. Like, everything that we saw happened, but, like, Ted's version of it was much, like, cooler and him being like, oh, shucks, I guess this thing is happening to me. Yeah. Whereas we see him as the douchebag he actually was. Yeah. And I love that acknowledgement of, like, the show's premise that, yeah. like, we're hearing the story as Ted tells it. And so yeah. this is, like, a reminder that that's not always. Yeah. It's his, you know, memory's not always reliable. Yeah. So it was teased that this is the night that um, he would meet the mother. Well, she, she was, was always she, she was, was at the there. club. So he, um, in his uh, drunken state, he left his phone at yeah. the club, which we've all done, right? Done <laughs> well, you and I are very club people, but right. I have more than once. Since we've been together. Retrieved my phone from a bar? Well, just that, I, because I think that this episode, because it's St. Patrick's Day, it's really exaggerated. But that idea of having a fun time at a bar at night and then going back to that same bar in the daylight to yeah. get your phone is like or a credit card. so weird. I've definitely often, left a credit yeah. card at a bar and it's like the walk of shame. And and it's just a weird to revisit the same place. You're like yeah. having fun. And it was dark. And then now it's the like the light of day. Yeah. <laughs> Reality sets in. <laughs> yeah. The dread. Um so he goes back to find his phone and he sees the yellow umbrella mm-hmm. and he walks home in the rain with the yellow umbrella. Yeah. Um, and then we get a final tag of Barney waking up in <laughs> the <right>. dumpster. <laughs> and then just spitting out a lime wedge. Yeah. Because that's, yeah, that was a big part of how they, like the girls they were hanging out with in the club, they were doing like tequila shots out of their belly buttons. Deep belly buttons. Gross. I guess that's, yeah. Gross. Really gross. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Barney wakes up and goes and spits out a whole lime wedge out of his mouth, which is not funny. Yeah, and then he says, I'm awesome. I'm awesome, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, am I missing anything? I'm, I mean, I know I missed big chunks of the plot. Why? why? I you did a great job. I'm bad at this. We're, we're, we're doing a great job together. If okay. I forget something, you remind me. If you forget something, I remind you. We're, we're doing great here. Uh, no, I don't have any more stray observations. Okay, Do you have a, what's your funniest? Well, you go first. Um, I thought, oh, (laughs) I missed the whole part about when Robin and Marshall are trying to hide the, the secret, the secret being like the cricket (laughs) apartment, Marshall comes up with a lie that like he saw like a ghost and it was like a Confederate soldier. Yeah. Um, and he was describing it to Lily. She's really upset about this racist ghost. And he says like, oh no, like he has, um. Courtly Southern manners. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, I liked 
when Ted is like doubting the whole thing, you know, once he once he finds out that Vanessa Minnow is married, not married to Nick Lachey yet, um, right. but uh, uh, he's and he's like Ted comes to Barney. He's like, I don't think your theory is true. And Barney says something like, no, I swear you can tell a woman's age by looking at her elbows. And Ted's like, not that theory. And Barney says, you have to be more specific, bro. Cause I got a lot of theories. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and then I have one more that I'm surprised you didn't, maybe it's too dad jokey for me. Uh, was it, if we had a daughter, we'd have to name her Eileen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there was also when Robin said, um, uh, I don't know. Telling Lily will be an uphill battle. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have to go at it from the right angle. Yeah. And then she says, I have a third one, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, how about How I Met Your Mother would make it fashion? Um, just lots of bad fashion choices. The shirt that Lily has the whole episode, it's like purple and iridescent mm-hmm. and ugly. Yeah. They're all. Yeah. They're all bad, but I do wonder if we were doing this show 10 years from now, will we find something charming about these looks? Will they come back around? Maybe. Maybe. But yeah, like just the, the entire time, sea of women yeah. at the club who's just like, this is all tacky. Yeah. Um, no, I did like Dar- Barney's suit, which was, I did like it, it yeah. was in fact more of a deep teal, yeah. uh, as he, as he says at one point. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, do you have any, any more? Because I have a couple more things. Nope, go ahead. Um, in, the, in the final scene, um, Marshall getting ready for work, I guess. Uh, um, I liked his, like, blue striped shirt and his, like, slicked back wavy hair. Mm-hmm. It looked good. Uh, and then I know this isn't fashion, but sometimes when it comes to just, like, design or charming mm-hmm. things, I like to... Uh, Ted's drinking out of a very cool, like, mug that looks like a yellow New York City cap. Yeah, well, that's props to the props department. Oh, props to the props department. Yeah. I like Ted's coffee mug. Yeah. Props to the props. Yeah. Well, what's under the umbrella here? I mean, literally, the umbrella. The umbrella. Yeah. Um, also, have you met Ted? Yep, those are the two I, I, I wrote. Um, also, this is more of like a, uh, maybe it's a similarity, but like, Marshall and Ted's friendship at the end when Ted is like commiserating with Marshall and Marshall saying like we're gonna have to live here for because we're gonna have to repair the floor so we're gonna have to like yeah. be here for a while longer yeah and it's just like very clear that they're the best friends <laughs> you know yeah yeah much That's to true. the chagrin of Barney yeah um so any thoughts on the mother being at the club I mean Ted says like. Bob Saget, future Ted, says, like, it's a good thing I went that night. I think she's going to maybe see the umbrella on the street. Okay. Or she's maybe going to go back and look for the umbrella. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think it's... The show is in season three of nine seasons, so sometimes I feel like the writers wrote themselves things that it's like... You're going to have to. <laughs> yeah. Like, how does Ted being at the club the same night? Is yeah. it just a coincidence? Does it pay off? We'll find out. We'll find out if the how the umbrella actually comes back in. Well, the fact that he takes it, like, that's yeah. hers, and he takes it, so that they're going to have to. Okay. All right. Um, well, I guess let's uh, move on to similarities and differences. Okay. Um, I mean, we got uh, men being gross. Yeah, men being gross. Um, I had... One night stands. Okay. Um, Although that's not what Monica wanted. Yeah. yeah. So I guess sex with strangers. <laughs> yeah. 
but this is friends uh two weeks in a row kind of showing it's like old-fashionedness because phoebe like had one di- like a one-night stand with the upstairs neighbor and then like thought they were yeah. going to the prom together or, or whatever maybe, yeah maybe uh, like women are expected more of a commitment after one night yeah um uh yeah i but i would say uh it's i don't know how strict are we when we're doing the similarities is it have to be between the two episodes we watched or like it could be in because the idea of um having a stripper at a bachelor party being tacky came up remember in marshall's right yeah uh bachelor yeah. party when 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 uh barney was trying to like force ways to to yeah. get a stripper to show up and then he actually did anyway. yeah the use of like a stripper as like a punchline is similar in both shows unfortunately unfortunately yeah, yeah. okay well Let's play. Let's play favorites. I'm stalling because I have to decide what my favorite is. Same. Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. Friends. How I Met Your Mother. We're it's both going to default to our default. shows, yep. Yep. but I think this um, this Friends episode has had some very funny stuff. But yes. I think the How I Met Your Mother episode being like, you know, tying into the mythology of How I Met Your Mother by having the um, umbrella, the the umbrella, uh, but also just that thing, that self awareness of the end of Ted is a douche yeah. and really like showing it in like yeah. a funny but ugly way, but yeah. like like seeing in his memory he's like let's rock and roll, but when he did it in real he's literally he's like let's rock and roll yeah. <laughs> doing this like obnoxious like yeah. pose like striking a pose. Yeah, uh, it's funny, but it's also like. The show realizing that he can be like a gross, sad tool. Yeah. Um, in a way that maybe friends, I think, knows that Ross can be, but still like having having Rachel be jealous at the end was kind of like it's, cushioning it's the blow easy. a yeah. little bit. Yeah. All right. Um, maybe this is where we should do calls to action from okay. now on. We'll okay. see. We'll let's see what the listeners think. And also, if you can think of a fun name for the call to action segment, you know? Yeah. 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 That's that's related to the two shows. We'll figure it out. Okay. Uh, but now let's move on to my favorite segment to introduce, which is called How Were We Doing? This is where we look at what was happening in the world in the days these episodes aired. So season three, episode 12 of Friends, the one with all the jealousy, aired on Thursday, January 16th, 1997. Um I didn't want, uh, okay, Micro- on this day, Microsoft ships Microsoft Office 97, application suite for Windows. Okay. Uh, standard version was $500, you could upgrade it for another 200 professional version is 600 with an upgrade for another 300 okay. I su- You and I certainly used Microsoft 97, we're of that. Oh, yeah. That, uh, yeah, the other thing, um, uh, this is, this was the day, I, I don't really remember this, because I... I joked earlier about you being like super punk rock at this part of my life, but there was a time that I just like wasn't paying attention to popular culture, even when it wasn't. But uh, but also and also this is something that happened in Los Angeles. Remember? Do you remember that Bill Cosby's son was murdered? Mm, no. Yeah. So that happened on January 16, nineteen ninety seven. Um, literally right by the Skirball Center in the middle of the night. He, um, wow. You and I know where the Skirball Center is. We've been there together. He was on the 405. Maybe I do He He, he pulled just... over because he had a flat tire or something, and he like took the exits. He was off the, off the exit right by the Skirball Center, and it was apparently a uh, drug addict car da- carjacking or whatever, and, and he was uh, shot in the head and, and killed. 
and uh, I don't know. I looked up a whole thing about it. There was like kind of an uproar that CNN like helicopter footage showed like this young man. He was in his like late twenties. This young man's like dead body on the exit with like blood coming out of his head. Like they showed it from the helicopter. Um, and, and took some flack for that because local news like KTLA didn't show that shot, but CNN did. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, it got me thinking about the, there was a recent documentary called Worldly Bird, which is about the, um, this person, um, who did that for a living, like flew a helicopter yeah. and got in, and, and they, I guess I'm giving away one of the twists of the movie, which is that she, uh, later transitioned that came out and transitioned. But, uh, at the time, was living as a man but she uh is the one who got like some of the most famous like oj simpson like bronco shots mm-hmm. and got the um awful footage of reginald denny being built beat almost to death on the right. 1992 um uh, riots um really fascinating documentary called yeah. whirly bird and uh ty siegel did all the music for it huh. so uh speaking of music top five songs in the u.s on january 16 1997 uh, number five, Whitney Houston's "I Believe in You and Me." Number four, Keith Sweat's "Nobody." Nobody is that nobody knows it but me. No, yeah. right, no, maybe. it's not. Um, uh, R. Kelly's "I Believe I Can Fly." Um, you know what? I'm not going to do. I've decided I'm only going to sing songs if I like them. Okay. Because I started doing it with Celine Dion, which I like all those Celine Dion songs. Yeah. And I like our number one when we get to it, but I don't like "I Believe I Can Fly," so yeah. I'm not going to sing. Skip over it. So yeah, R. Kelly's. I believe I can fly. Uh, <laughs> and number two, En Vogue's Don't Let Go. Uh, Don't Let Go Love is what it's called. And at number one, Tony Braxton's Unbreak My Heart. Which, where were we when that came on the other day? I don't know. It was probably at some bar in San Diego or whatever. Yeah, we were like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, season three, episode 12 of How I Met Your Mother, No Tomorrow, aired... On St. Patrick's Day, Monday, March 17th, 2008. Um, of course, St. Patrick's Day is also Billy Corgan's birthday, as everyone knows. Um, this was a busy day. Spring 2008 was a busy time in, in the U.S. because we're in the middle of the 2008 financial crisis, right at the beginning of the, of the financial crisis. So you've got the U.S. dollar hitting an all-time low against the euro, Um uh, share prices of American investment bank Lehman Brothers lose 20% of value. Uh, and as if that, like, the financial crisis also, like, weren't enough going on, this is also the day that uh, the governor of New York, Elliot Spitzer, resigned after a scandal involving a high-end prostitute. Um, do you remember that? The hell Elliot Spitzer yeah. uh, thing? So it was, like, just a crazy Did you uh, mean to call time. them the Lehman Brothers? What did I say? You said Lehman. But aren't they Lehman Brothers? Oh, maybe they are. But I thought you were like making a joke, like, like they they're were lame. lame. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think this comes up on Battleship Pretension sometimes. It's gonna make me sound like a snob, but I tend to read news. <laughs> I don't like watch or listen to news, so often there are things that I don't know how to pronounce. I could be wrong. It could be Lehman Brothers. Maybe it is. But I think Lehman. it's Lehman. Okay. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm a snob. I know. But well, I often I mean, don't I know how to pronounce. I read the news, things. but I also listen to like NPR. And I don't. Is what in I'm my saying. car. Yeah. I listen to podcast about college football <laughs> yeah I, I listen to podcasts about 90 day fiance so okay okay um no so, shame no yeah. shame uh there's also a bunch of sad stuff that happened that i'm not gonna uh get into but um top five songs in the u.s and we're jumping three months so we could have like a whole new lineup okay. here you Maybe know we'll actually know something um probably not 
Um, yeah, there's some of the same songs. But at number five, Rihanna's Don't Stop the Music. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How's it go? I'm not going to say Okay. Uh, at number four, Sarah Boreas' Love Song. Uh, I know who Sarah Boreas is. I can picture her. Yeah. But I don't know if I know any of her music. Yeah. Uh, at number three, Flo Rida's Low. At number two, Chris Brown's With You. And at number one, Usher's Love in This Club. Okay. Do you know Love in This Club? No. I thought you liked Usher. She was the Usher fan here. I'm not the Usher fan. Oh, okay. Thought you were. Um, so that's uh, how are we doing? Let's move on to our final segment, which is called Challenge Accepted. This is where we try to predict what's going to happen next week in each of our shows, armed only with the knowledge. Oh, I know this song. Yeah. yeah. All right. This is where we try to guess what's going to happen next week. Uh, armed only with knowledge of the episode titles. Okay. Let's see how we did last week. Okay. I said, oh, wow. Uh, I was right. I um, I said Ross fails to heed Monica's advice mm-hmm. and remains a whiny little loser baby about Rachel's totes profesh relationship with Mark. I nailed it. Yeah, you did. Which means I'm now two ahead of you. Okay. Ooh. I'm only about halfway through the season. Yeah. But you're going to have to catch up. Um, I'm so bad at this game. Uh, but I don't know. This might count. You said Barney tries to convince a pal to throw caution to the wind, let the chips fall where they may, grab the bull by its horns, and carpe diem like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. I think you get it. I think yeah. I get it. Okay. You get it. So, uh, so yeah, I am still only one ahead now. Okay. So let's, uh, why don't you vamp a, just a little bit oh, here. okay. Barbecue and black pepper Toscano. Campari tomatoes. Jicama wraps. Wait, are the what are the tomatoes that you have started getting? Um, Marzano tomatoes. Okay. Starts with an M. Uh, anyway, organic shredded green and red cabbage. Seasoning in a pickle. Ketchup with black summer truffle. We have some of that seasoning in a pickle, don't we? No, we don't. Oh, we don't. I'd like some though. You buy all? I thought you bought all the little like gimmicky. I do. Uh, I do buy those those gimmicky seasonings. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, you and I were watching the great food truck race mm-hmm. and a team made a bacon wrapped hot dog and put like everything, everything but bacon. the bagel yeah. seasoning on yeah. it. And I was like, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, all right. Season three, episode 13 of friends is called the one where Monica and Richard are just friends. So I am going to say, okay, I, it'd be obvious to say like, okay, Tom Selleck's back, obviously. Right. Yeah. I'm going to say that I'm going to say Monica Monica and Ross head back home to the fancy ass suburbs where they were born with silver spoons in their (laughs) mouths um, for a soiree at the Gellers. Okay. And then they run into Richard. Right. That's my guess. Okay. Okay. Season 3, episode 13 of How I Met Your Mother. 
What's it called? Who knows? Maybe we jumped another three minutes. You'll have to wait yeah. till next next week to uh, to to find out. Um, oh, this one has a clue in the title. Okay. If you remember from last week. Okay. This episode is called Ten Sessions." Ten sessions. Ten sessions. If you remember what Ted's story was in last week's episode. Ten sessions. Well, in the last episode... Should I I, uh, read from the Trader Joe's uh, thing while you (laughs) consult your notes on last week's episode? Espada Pequena Mezcal. Simpler times, lager. Wait, wait, can you... Oh, the tattoo removal? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So he's actually going to go on a date with... um, I forgot her name. Stella. Stella, the tattoo... Dr. Tadoff. (laughs) Is Dr. Tadoff, is that an L.A. thing? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't have to explain it to so, our non-L.A. listeners. You can figure out what Dr. Tadoff is. He's going to go on a date, um, and he wants to continue to see her. Ted's going to go on an actual, honest-to-God, not honest-to-gif, Honest to give. Honest to God. Date no with Dr. Tadoff. No fooling date and with Dr. Tadoff. That's Dr. pretty Tadoff. good. Dr. Tadoff. And um, it's going to take him 10 sessions to fully remove the tramp stamp, but is he right. going to be able to endure this brief relationship for 10 sessions? Um, I could tell him. Well, I, no, I just don't know how to, like... Make it... Quippy? Yeah, I mean, you could just stick with Ted's going to go on an actual honest to cut no fool and okay. take with Dr. Tadoff. Okay. <laughs> that's that's good good enough. Okay. All right. Um, listeners, let us know whatever we said to let us know. Let us know where we should call on call to actions. What clever, like, refer- referential name should we give call to actions as a, yeah. as a segment? Listener feedback, whatever you want to call and it. And also tell us about your bachelor or bachelorette party. Party favors. If you like party favors. Yeah. Uh, notable St. Patrick's Day experiences. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you've uh, left anything embarrassing in a bar or club. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all of that, you can let us know. You can reach out to us. Here's the ways you can let us know. You can email us at the one where I met your mother uh, at gmail.com. Try not to put any spoilers in those emails because um, now that they might see them. But otherwise, you can leave comments at battleshipretention.com, which technically now they could see, but never checks, right? Yeah. Um, and you can tweet at me, as a lot of people have done, at Davey Pretension. That's how you can reach out to us. Uh, of course, you can find, I mentioned BattleshipPretension.com. That's where you can find posts for this episode that you can comment on. It's also where you can find my movie reviews and my movie podcast and, and, and all, of, all of that stuff. To, uh, we'll have a, a Comic-Con wrap-up episode. Um, I mean, not Natalie, uh, but uh, I guess then I will have a Comic-Con wrap-up episode uh, soon, soon after you hear this. So um, check that out. Uh, that's where you can find me, Natalie. Where again can people find you on on the internet? Well, you can't. Oh, 
Um, but what you can do, I'm, I'm just kidding. You, you probably can if you wanted to, but what's the point? Um, <laughs> you should rate and review this podcast. You should tell your friends, tell your mothers, let them know, let us know. You, all, you already have your marching orders, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, let us know, rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff so people can find us. Until next time, see you at the Twyla Tharp Dance Academy. <laughs> <laughs>